Welcome back. Chip and Eric are reading the Bible today. And Chip, i got to tell you, you look very handsome today. Thank you. Yes. Yes. He's got finely woven purple robes. Yeah. He's adorned himself with. Yes. Yeah, I had a meeting this morning. It was very nice. Well, kind of a meeting. I get together with other leaders. Yeah. It was good. Um, but yeah, but here we are reading through the Bible. Eric, today is a, a new day. Today is day 98, but also is the beginning of 1 Samuel. Yes, it is. 1 Samuel, yet another narrative we just book keep in the Bible. We yeah. through these books. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're killing it. So good. We're killing it. So, um, yeah, yesterday we read the book of Ruth, mm-hmm. all about the kinsman redeemer. But the book of Ruth is kind of wedged in there. It kind of actually takes place during the time of Judges. So uh, yeah. the book of Judges, if you remember... Ends with, in those days, Israel had no king, and the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And now we pick up in the book of 1 Samuel. Okay. Would you like to go first today? Sure. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Elkanah and his family. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priest of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah and then they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why are you eating? Or aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. <laughs> Isn't that better than having 10 sons? I've said that to my Hannah. I, yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Hannah's prayer for a son. Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies. If you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he will be dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought that she had been drinking. Uh, Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of, a gr- out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you've asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Samuel's birth and dedication. The entire family got up early the next morning, went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. 
The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed to stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he, was, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah's prayer of praise. Hannah then prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who are starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but other but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He set them among princes, placing them in seats of honor, for all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Eli's wicked sons. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork. While the meat of the sacrificed animal was still boiling, the servant would stick the fork in the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. The man offering the sacrifice might reply, Take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, No, give it to me now or I'll take it by force. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. But Samuel, uh, but Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived again and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. 
Now Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I've been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father. For the Lord was already planning to put them to death. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller. He grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. A warning for Eli's family. One day, a man of God came to Eli and gave him this message from the Lord. I revealed myself to your ancestors when they were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. I chose your ancestor Aaron from among all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the priestly vest as he served me. And I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you priests. So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat off the best offerings of my people Israel. Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I promise that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priest, but I will honor those who honor me. I will despise those who think lightly of me. The time is coming when I'll put an end to your family, so it will no longer serve as my priest. All the members of your family will die before their time. None will reach old age. You will watch with envy as I pour out prosperity on the people of Israel. But no members of your family will ever live out their days. The few not cut off from serving at my altar will survive, but only so their eyes can go blind and their hearts break and their children will die a violent death. And to prove that what I have said will come true, I'll cause your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, to die on the same day. Then I will raise up a faithful priest who will serve me and do what I desire. I will establish his family, and they will be priests to my anointed kings forever. Then all your surviving family will bow before him, begging for money and food. Please, they will say, give us jobs among the priests so we will have enough to eat. First Samuel chapter 3, the Lord speaks to Samuel. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up, ran to Eli, and said, Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel? And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say... Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called us before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel then replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am about to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sons of Eli and that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel speaks for the Lord. Samuel stayed in bed until the morning. He got up, opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. 
He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything and may God strike you, even kill you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold back anything. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel had proved to be and every what's going on? Oh, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. Whew. And all Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and give messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all the people of Israel. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Welcome to Samuel. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We are in the book of Samuel. Mm-hmm. First Samuel. Okay. Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Um that took about 12 minutes or so, but we have two quick questions. Yeah. So what? Mm-hmm. And where's Jesus? Those are the ones. So what? I, I think you need to talk about prayer here. I mean, um, speaking to God and listening to God both. We have two examples of that. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking to God, listening to God. So speaking to God, um, I, I just love the prayer, um, Hannah's prayer. So I, I think it's comical uh, where... Um, uh, her husband says, um, why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? And then the next headline is Hannah's prayer for a son. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I, I got to pray now. He's not good enough. No way. I just think that's funny. But there's a lot of truth to that because sometimes we just think, you know, we know what's best and other people other people think they know what's best for us and they'll say this and say that and do this and do that. And at the end of the day, I think it's what God wants. And God uses people to speak, but it always lines up with what he's saying. Right. And so I just think, you know, um, she's right on here. And she just, not only did she pray to the Lord, she cried out to God. Mm-hmm. And she just gave everything, all every emotion that she had to the point where she thought she had a little too much to drink. And yeah. she didn't. She was just so into God and pouring out her life. And, and I just love that. I think that that's my desire. Sometimes, I don't know about you, Eric, I'm just so exhausted from life at times that I want to cry out and I just, and I'm just can't speak. Yeah. And so I, I remember in the New Testament where he interprets, you know, groanings. Right. And yeah. so I'm yeah. just like, I'm thinking, you know what I'm going through. So just, you know, and, and he does. He knows. He interprets. He knows our prayers. He knows our hearts and our passion. And we pray for it. And in this case, God God blessed. Mm-hmm. God blessed her and then kept going with more kids. And then, so that's that's talking to God. And then there's this idea too. Uh, so keep talking to God. Cry out to God. And God's going to do what God's going to do. And you trust him with that mm-hmm. like she did. Uh, but also where Samuel got to the point where he had to discern the voice of the Lord. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, had to listen to God. Mm-hmm. So I think God's always speaking. I believe that. We're not always listening, but he's always speaking, whether it's through his written word, through through the Holy Spirit, or whatever means he wants to use, mm-hmm. God is speaking. And, um, and so it's just part of my prayer, and maybe the so what and how we can apply it today, is um, God, please give me ears to hear. Help me to be able to hear what you want me to say, what you want me to preach, teach, live, mm-hmm. lead, love, connect with. And so that's every day. What do you want me to do today? Mm-hmm. And so in, in help me to hear 
your voice throughout the day so I can do what you want me to do. Because I, I truly believe if um, we can make God, uh, we can make God say whatever he wants him to say, mm-hmm. you know, we can make him do whatever we want him to do. But the real um, test is, is it God's voice and what does he want us to do? Right. What does he want us to say? How does he want us to live? But we got to have ears to hear him. There's a lot of voices, mm-hmm. but the one voice, God's voice matters above all those voices. So putting yourself in a position to he- listen to God, hear God, and it should uh, and will line up with his word. It won't contradict it. Right. And so. that's what I was going to say, you know, not as a where's Jesus, but as a, you know, part of what you're saying mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I've, I've heard people say, well, I don't think God talks to me. Well, the bottom line is he gave us this magnificent revelation of himself in Scripture. And if you don't hear that God's talking to you, then maybe the idea is you're not seeking his voice, mm-hmm. you know, and the, if we don't, if we, it's, it's just like Samuel, yeah. he had never heard the voice of God before, so he didn't recognize it, yeah. you know, and if you haven't cracked open scripture, which, you know, this audience is obviously doing that even yeah, today or maybe job. for the past, whatever, you're learning the voice of God. And you and I, yeah. as we revisit this, and we've read the Bible before, mm-hmm. but as we revisit this, yeah. we're continuously learning the voice of God. So I agree with that completely, mm-hmm. completely. Okay, so where's Jesus in this? Um, I see, you know, Hannah's prayer of praise. So you talked about her other prayer, her prayer for a son. Um, her prayer of praise defines God in such a way that was very different than how many Israelites saw him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they physical strength and, you know, like um, it, it says, uh, the, the bow of the mighty is now broken and those who stumbled are now strong. Well, I think of her, I don't, I don't know what you would call her, the other wife, right, Peninnah, yeah. um, you know, taunting her and and bullying her and that stuff. And what Hannah says here matches up so well with what Jesus is going to say in Matthew 5, where he says, it's the weak that are strong. It's the, it's mm. the, it's the poor in spirit who are blessed and, you know, the Beatitudes. And, and, and so she's identifying these characteristics of God that he makes the weak strong, that he elevates the oppressed, which is something that Jesus will call us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she's identifying that here way before Jesus walked the earth. But then when we see Jesus and we see the way that he lives, he is his character because he's God. You know, I need no convincing of that. You need no convincing of that. But some people do. But because Jesus is God, he fits the character Mm. that Hannah is describing in her prayer. And everything, every line of her prayer is, Mm. you know, a, a description of Jesus because he is God. But also we see it in his earthly ministry, the way that he behaves. Hmm. So, yes, that is where I see Jesus in this. Hmm. Hannah's prayer is basically a a description of him. So Yeah, Yeah, very good. Wow. Hmm. Okay, well, hey, thank you guys for joining us today. I hope you have a great day today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yes, we will. Bye.